80, number episode 80. I love that song. It's a classic. That's a New Age Dad classic. Pale Blue Dot, uh, conceived of in honor of Carl Sagan. I feel like I've wanted to use that song in the podcast before. Oh, when you guys karaoke, it really turns. Come on. That's yeah. A- Eat that, That's- details. Uh, love, but you, love your details. We do. Um, but I feel like I always wanna, I've always wanted to use that song, but I always think you should wait till Carl Sagan's birthday. Which is in November, and then I always forget, so fuck it. Fuck it. Episode 80. Hi, Welcome. everybody. Too loud. Podcasting from a pale blue dot. That's what it Out is. Out in the universe. We're on it. Yep. Oh, text to Soundhawk. Spinning. Oh. What's that number? You didn't put that in the doc. I can't tell the people. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you shoot me a text. Follow something up from that uh, Give them the Helsinki number. Paul magic we got last week. Yeah. The 303. 303. 303. 303-548-6819. Three, three, five, four, eight, eight, 
double seven. You text that Soundhawk. You try and outdo Helsinki Paul. Helsinki Paul reached All out to me. All you stand-up comics out there. Yeah. He, he Gauntlet is, has been thrown down. That is exactly what he is. He's a stand-up comic. Now, not to get maudlin because we're feeling so good, but it made me think. Pale Blue Dot, tweet. Kurt Vonnegut. He's tweeting. Yeah, the real Kurt Vonnegut. Take it moment by moment, and you will find that we are all, as I've said before, bugs in amber. Ooh. Come on, Pale Blue Dot! Yeah, that's, that's better. Uh, we got an easy... Ooh. We got an easy Icarus moment here from our friends at Chipotle who are just that. They're just you, crumbling. Me, they're falling you, apart. Let me hear you say that word. Chipotle? Chipotle. Nope. That's good. Chipotle. That is so. How many people do you know that say Chipotle or Chipotle? Chipotle? I don't know anyone that says Chipotle. I know a lot of people that say Chipotle. 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 Which is like the easier thing for the American tongue. Chipotle. They put the L in front of the T? Yeah. Yeah. Chipotle. Chipotle. Uh, yeah, so they're tweeting about sex and drugs in a desperate attempt to get customers back. Didn't they have just a big wage scandal? I mean, this... They're, well, no, they're VP of... I wanted to say marketing, but I might be wrong. An executive was arrested for his coke habit buying cocaine. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a few weeks ago. More recently, I think they've had a wage scandal, like people, unpaid uh, hours, people, forced to work overtime, not getting paid... Well, the, the topic at hand is a tweet, a survey tweet put up by Chipotle. How many burritos? Two choices. 69, 420. Come on, Dad. Man. Yeah. Hip. So hip. <laughs> well, an attempt at being so hip. I mean, they got a fucking Failing. boatload of retweets. That's like likes. trying to be hip, and then your hip goes out. Yeah, it's not. And you need a hip <laughs> replacement. If you got your girdle on, you'll be fine. You'll get through this show just fine with your heat belt. Ooh, my heat girdle is, it's really starting to activate now. It, the oxygen, it gets it going. That's not the only thing Chipotle was doing. Did you see this story? I threw it in the last minute. I didn't see it, so you'll just have to appraise me. Check the doc, everybody who's interested. All links. How do you get that doc, Mark? You shoot me a text or you sign up for the newsletter on our website. Come on. Join the party. Chipotle. Starts testing burrito delivery drones at Virginia Tech next week. Drone burritos. College campus. Guy who wrote this article was just like in heaven. I'm a stone and I need my burrito. What could go wrong? <laughs> they have a... Um, uh, it's not... They don't make them at a restaurant. They make them at a little food truck kiosk on campus. And then you... I don't know. Emoji in your fucking order and... <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. Testing that out right now, Chipotle. Have you ever, do you know what a, I think they're called water, water wings, but not like the things, not the floaties that kids wear. It's like a slingshot for a water balloon, but it's like a three person slingshot. Have you seen one of those? What? It's made of like surgical tubing. So you got one person on each side holding one end of it. And then in the middle, there's like a pouch and you put a water balloon in and then there's a little handle on it. You pull it back oh, and okay. you launch it. You want that? Well, my friend had one. And actually, one of the most delinquent things I ever did in my life was uh, shot a rock through a streetlight with one of those. No, that's not. I mean, actually, that wasn't one of the most delinquent things. <laughs> like, I was about to say, like, through an old lady's window. kind of. That no, it was delinquent light. It was in an empty parking lot. <laughs> but what I do remember is when, it, when the light bulb burst, it, like, this iridescent snow of broken glass <sighs> fell. It was very peaceful and you beautiful. You know why? Because streetlights are made of... Um, Magic, I know. Magnantum. Magnesium? Uh, streetlight... Uh, God. What is, well, the, what is the chemical that... I'm going to look it up. Let me just tell you what's going to happen, though, with these drones. Some Wiseacre so college kids... Sodium, xenon, neon, argon. Yeah, there's some stuff like that in there. Wiseacre college kids, little trio of them, they're going to take... They're going to start shooting Chipotle burritos at the Chipotle drones. <laughs> That'd be funny. Because it's a college campus, man. Yeah, that'd be funny. It's going to happen. Get, you get your drone, it drops it off, you pick it up and immediately shoot it right back and try to take down the drone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. That's what it comes to. You take a bite first and then you shoot it back. Late stage modern America. You know what? We haven't talked about movies this episode yet. And that made me think that I saw a Real Genius. I watched the end of Real Genius on TV the other night. Do you remember that movie? Oh God, Real Genius. With Val Kilmer where he... And well, he's not the main character. He sort of is, but it's about this kid, yeah. a young kid who gets sent to like this kind of MIT like school, but it's yeah. full of 
Wild Weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And, and they're it's, not good. I mean, I, there's like a nostalgia value to them. I no, guess. but I mean, there's something. That movie has a scene that you've never seen before in a movie, which is like the, the evil professor at the school wants to steal their technology and sell it to the military to create like this laser beam that you can shoot from a plane and assassinate somebody. And they're doing a test of it. The kids go in and hack. That's right. They hack nice. the mainframe and reset the targeting so that the laser beam actually shoots at this evil professor's house and they filled it with popcorn kernels. And so all the popcorn pops and it fill, it destroys the house. The popcorn, there's so much popcorn that it bursts the seams of the house and comes pouring out broken windows. The neighborhood kids are running in the popcorn, what eating it up. fun that must have been. As the credits roll, <clears throat> Tears for Fears playing. Everybody wants to rule the world. Come on, doesn't get much better than that, Mark. No. But actually it does. Because have you seen Vince Vaughn eat ice cream? I'm, I'm looking at him right now. Kill that cone. Oh, my God. So, I mean, <laughs> a couple tweets here from Kevin Christie, who Josh knows something about in a second. Um, wonderful candids of Vince Vaughn eating an ice cream cone. I think in the first one, it's a hyperextension of the mouth. I mean, he's really trying to get it in there. It almost looks more like he's smearing it on his lips. It looks like he thinks it's lip balm or something, the way he's applying it. <laughs> the second one, it's just all in. It's just a... That's some... That's almost... That's pornographic a little bit. It's a little, little deep Like his throat. jaw, he's unhinged his jaw and like dropped it all the way. There's probably ice cream tickling his tonsils. Uh, let me read uh, Kevin Christie's tweets. Let's see. First one where he's smearing his face. I've always genuinely liked Vince Vaughn. <coughs> I've always genuinely liked Vince Vaughn, but the way he eats ice cream makes me think we're soulmates. Aww. And then where he's mouthing it, fellatio cone. See, dude is famous as hell, but he kills a cone like the rest of us. I sincerely connect with this. And that is at Kevin G. Christie on the Twitter. And he's on Instagram, too. Good he for you, Vince. Look at you. So Kevin Christie is a very talented, multifaceted dude. Mm. He's a stand-up comic. Yeah, oh, you know this guy. Is that why we follow him? That's why I started following him. I, don't, I have not met him personally, but when I lived in Chicago, I wrote for a magazine called Stop Smiling that yeah. my friend JC published, and James Hughes, son of John Hughes, was one of the editors. And Kevin Christie, pretty tight with James Hughes and JC, did a lot of the illustrations. Really? For their issues. So if you've noticed here in the doc, I put a picture of Raymond Chandler Okay. That Kevin Christie drew. That was for an article I wrote. We've shared a byline, Kevin Christie and I. Are, you, me, br are you bringing out the... I've got my portfolio right here. Oh, look at that. Cool runnings. Jesus. That's what you want to show in a job interview. Where's the one where you shaved your whole body? Oh, that's... Uh, Vince Vaughn! Well, I know that. I was going to get to that, too. So I, I know there's a deeper reason that this affinity with Vince Vaughn has... Oh, we got some good dining out clips. More to do with ice cream. Or it goes deeper than ice cream. Look at you and your little clip book. That's cute. I put this together years ago. I know. Oh, yeah, but here you go. The Chicago issue of Stop Smiling, there's Vince Vaughn. And they did, like, they'd have three different covers. Yeah. So there was a I cover with that. Richard M. Daly. There was a cover with Hugh Hefner. This one had Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, Chicago boy. Pretty humble, down-to-earth dude. I don't have the interview in Loves here. a but, good cone. But here's, I interviewed a jazz radio DJ, Dick Buckley. Uh-huh, yeah. We don't need to look at, okay. So here we go. Uh, issue 32, Hollywood Lost and Found. There he is. The Reluctant Angelino Raymond Chandler by Josh Tyson. Illustration by Kevin Christie. Let me see proof. Have a look at that. Shared a byline, you two. Yep. And I've always, that, I love that picture. I love Raymond Chandler. I pitched that article I wanted to write about Raymond Chandler. and There's something. A real treat. It's a, I mean, it's wonderful. Good Lord. I couldn't accomplish that kind of artistry. This kind of writing, I know. No, the writing I could do. This the artistry, but there's something, if you, if you, I don't know, if you kind of step back a little bit, move the hair up like this, it's kind of like it's Harper Lee or some old woman, right? I can see that. I mean, uh, Ray, Raymond Chandler was an effete individual. Okay. There are some amazing stories. I didn't know that. I thought he was a man's man. All right. Well, he sort of had to put on that air and he wrote, you know, a lot of hard boiled detective stories with tough guys, but. He was, uh, well, let, me, let me read you this intro, Mark. Let's see what you think of this. Okay, I'm listening. Raymond Chandler. I really can't do anything else. Raymond Chandler was conceived in Laramie, Wyoming and born in Chicago in 1888. 
He was mm. stricken with scarlet fever in a Midwestern hotel room at the age of seven, and shortly after, his father left, whereupon he was taken to England by his mother. Schooled in a south suburb of London, Chandler lived for a time in France and Germany and was later readmitted to the U.S. as a British subject. Hmm. Resounding rootlessness to find Chandler when he moved to Los Angeles in 1912. That's a fucking intro, Mark. Well, That's an intro befitting of this illustration. Was it resounding rootlessness? Yes. That's good. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Everyone loves a little bit of alliteration. But uh, he was kind of a, a prig. <laughs> and he married, a, he married a woman who was like 20 years older than him. And when he was working with Billy Wilder, uh, they adapted a James M. Cain novel called, I think it was Double Indemnity, and they made the movie Double Indemnity, which was, it's a classic. If you haven't seen it, you probably haven't. I'm looking at you, I can tell. But Billy Wilder directed, and they worked together to kind of adapt the screenplay. And Raymond Chandler, he like hated Billy Wilder kind of, but I think really he was just jealous because he was married to this old woman. He was a raging alcoholic. He, he was, I think, not drinking at the time. What was the point of the scarlet fever? Did that set him back? He just, just got that, sick? Yeah, just that he was like... Sickly? Yeah, kind of sickly, and he'd been moved around a lot. He was a rootless I, individual. I can sympathize. And if you have scarlet fever, you're kind of, you know, it pulls up your roots a little bit to the realm of the living. You, you've, you experience something closer to death. That's another form of root, rootlessness. Okay. But Billy Wilder, total fucking ladies' man. He's like probably having intercourse with women half his age. He's drinking because he isn't, you know, he drinks, but he's not like a full-on alcoholic. So Raymond Chandler, I think, was just irritated with him. And, oh. they, and they didn't like each other. So he flipped the script. Well, Billy Wilder was probably actually closer to what Raymond Chandler wished he could be. Yeah, all right. But he had some psychological limitations that prevented that from happening. So anyway. Don't we all? If you want to know about more about Kevin Christie, I encourage you to, I guess you'd have to get the premium Earwolf or whatever app, but uh, Mark Maron's podcast, WTF, episode 394, Kevin Christie. Really? Yeah. Well, I think he has his own. We should. Oh, yeah. Find his podcast, too. Plug it. Uh, okay. Let me type some things. Hold on, everybody. It's called uh, mm, uh, mm. Occasionally Awesome. Yep. I've never actually listened to it. There it is. I know there's an episode Marin. with Ed Templeton that I wanted to listen to. Join these two LA natives as they interview their comedian, actor, artist, and degenerate friends in search of the parts of life that are occasionally awesome. Nick Youssef and Kevin Christie. Just two white guys doing interviews. We know a thing or two about that. We don't do that shit anymore. Maybe next week, though. No, not an interview. We do segments now. Doing a segment. We're going to have... It's looking promising that um, crowd favorite, Neil... Mount St. Neil Gottlieb, dropping by the studio. Yep. Kids are going to love it. We're going to have to get the kids in on that. Kids are not going to know what to do with themselves. They shit themselves, yeah. I like it, though, because your kids are, are in awe of first the survivor experience. My kids are just obsessed with his ice cream. His ice cream. So he's going to get... Well, I sent... Well, I don't know. I can't remember what he said. I sent him... When he said, I'm coming into town, I want to do the podcast. Um, I had just made this Vince Vaughn cover art for this episode. Oh, yeah. It's ice cream. He loves ice cream. I sent it to him. I'm like, I can't confirm it's three twins, but... Something tells me that's percolating around Three Twins HQ right now. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, they should sponsor Vince Vaughn or work out some sort of deal. They should. He should. There you go. Neil loves that shit. You start sending some Vince Vaughn ice cream? crazy thing with Vince Vaughn, buddy. Maybe send Vince Vaughn some ice cream pants. He knows how to kill a cone. Or maybe just an ice cream tie. A Three Twins tie. He wears ties. What do you got here, Mark? Vince. A uh, pet evac... Cat warning Power Official. Cat power. Warning from Cat Power Official. I'm bringing this up because la was it last week where you mentioned Nolid? yeah. Nolid. Miami Nolid. Beach will be spraying the toxic chemical Nolid, which is an organophosphate neurotoxin to destroy, destroy mosquito larvae in adult mosquitoes via helicopter on Friday. That is today, the very day we are recording this podcast. It could be happening right now. Nolid is in the same family as sarin gas, an agent or chemical... Agent of chemical warfare, estimated to be 26 times more deadly than cyanide. Knowledge is highly toxic. I've received the following recommendations. One, turn off your AC units at 4.30 a.m. until 8 a.m. Up oh, too late. Already okay. happens. Two, on Friday, take off all shoes before entering your home. You should probably just do that anyway. Keep children from playground equipment until such equipment is washed or rinsed by rain. Lordy. Ask that your child's school refrain from outdoor activities on Friday. Yep. 
Keep all animals and pets inside. Do not jog or exercise outside. Man. I don't know where she got that. Cat Power's official, what did she say? Warning Miami Beach tonight for spraying toxic, toxic knowledge all over everything late, late tonight. Any of my friends going out of town can take my dogs. Wow, she's, I think she's from Florida. I think she lives there. Well, I think she's from there. You know what? I wish I had that. She was... There's a pet evac underway. She was on the cover of Stop Smiling Magazine. Shan Marshall? Sean Marshall. Sean Marshall. She was on the cover of Stop Smiling one time, and it was an iconic photo. You could probably find it online. She's sitting in a chair surrounded by things. That's clipbook. Look at this. Game on. Who's that on the cover? God. Yeah. John Elway. Hey, we won last night. We did. That was a hell of a game. Did you watch it? Did not. Really? Uh -uh. I thought we were going to try and put together a prototype Broncos podcast. Seems like maybe you should watch the season opener, but what the fuck do I know? I uh, saw all the highlights on Twitter moments. Twitter moments. Missed a field goal at the end. But the best part was they were lining up for the field goal. Kubiak did that classic call the timeout at the last second. Mm -hmm. And the guy kicked it anyway, and it went right, but it... It hit the post and went in. So there were, I think he was like trying to correct, and that's why he kicked left, and it went way oh, too far left. So that's what really? happens when you watch the game. You don't get that insight on Twitter no, moments. I didn't. I didn't. But you'll get it from uh, Nat Studios' forthcoming Denver Broncos podcast. We were watching TBD. Yeah, called, oh, we don't know the name of that one. Um, the Paddock. That's not it. <laughs> we were uh, first episode, season two of Narcos. Watching Narcos. We watched. Um, Halt and Catch Fire. Have you heard of this show? Speaking of hackers. No. It's an AMC original series. Hmm. Two seasons. I thought this was a food podcast. It is. Soybean lasagna sheets. Yum. Gothel. A Hong Kong-based company that prides itself on simple and delicious alternatives to classic foods. <laughs> Love it. Arrives as first on the market to provide gluten-free lasagna sheets made from soybeans. Booyah. There's so many bean noodles on the market. Why did it take this long to get that, a lasagna noodle? That's why I'm like, really? Yeah, first you... <laughs> first to market with this? Apparently, um, unlike traditional lasagna sheets, which become soggy and lose their texture, our sheets stay pleasingly al dente. Mm. Just soybeans and water. Yeah, I don't remember the brand name, but I buy some edamame... Great. Fettuccine noodles. They're fucking good. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't know why. That's right. You don't buy noodles don't like, anymore. I don't like wheat noodles. I mean, they're fine, but I like a noodle that gives me a little something extra. You know, I know you do. I like a hard noodle. Now, there was, you should check out uh, the, uh, the Young Guns at Banza Pasta. Uh, we brought this up last week. I have some of their pasta in my pantry. Do you? Garbanzo bean. Yeah. yeah. All right. We did? Been there, done that, Mark. I'm sorry. It's this is okay. a snoozer. Soybean lasagna sheets. I was like, okay, great, whatever. Do you realize that we're making uh, uh, fake shark fins for our soups out of pond scum? New Wave Foods. And you're going to bring out your soybean lasagna sheet? You think you're going to blow minds with that? You don't even get a seat at the table. No. If you can make tiger dick out of algae that we can grind into a fertility powder, water that, and now soybeans? I'm listening. And if it stays al dente. Yeah, if, if you can make an al dente I don't tiger like dick. soggy, no. I like an al dente tiger dick. Oh, al dente tiger dick. Episode 80. Al dente <laughs> tiger dick. Nope. Oh! Whoa. Sorry, everybody. I, uh, Learn to use the mic, please. I put, occasionally I do. I learned, I, I learned, I put in the, um, a tentative title, the show. A plus? Oh, uh, that's a positive. Like a blood My type? My blood type. No. Looked it up. Now I know. Um, no, I'm glad to hear that, but that is not a show title. Well, I'm just—I wanted to remember that. That is not complete. I think Soundhawk disagrees. All right, well, listen you to this. You make that Soundhawk. the show title, and I'll never forget what my blood type is. Al dente tiger dick. That is not the show title. <laughs> okay. You got to stop alienating people with dong. Yeah, because A plus is going to bring them in in droves. Well, I won't alienate them. People want to be alienated. Book Mark. club. Book club. Naked ape. Controversial classic of man's origins, Desmond Morris, or as we call him, Desi. Mm-hmm. Look at this. This, this is such a this tiny nice short chapter. chapter, but the most germane to, the, uh, to our podcast. Hi, I mean, every word was relevant. Feeding. But the, the crazy, the funny thing about feeding is how much he made this about 
kind of like the divide between men and women and our behaviors based on the act of hunting. He did for the first half of the chapter, and then for the second half it was all about, I mean, very prescient. Prescient? Prescient. Mm -hmm. World in crisis, lack of nutritional value, haves and have-nots, obesity, why we're drawn to sweet. Dude's dialed in, ahead of his time. 1970s, he wrote this. Ahead of his time. But uh, to start with uh, what we said first, modern uh, modern agriculture has left the majority of adult males in our societies without a hunting role. They compensate for this by going out to work. Working has replaced hunting. What happened to you? But has retained many of its basic characteristics. I'm hunting right now is what that tells me. <laughs> you and I are hunting? Well, and it talks about how, you know, like like boys clubs and gangs and shit like that. It's just like little hunting parties. It's a desperate attempt to it is connect with our animal roots. What a mistake to interpret it as homoerotic, says Desi. Um, I feel like it could be plenty homoerotic if you wanted it to. But its, oh, its roots are not sexual, is his point. Here... He didn't go there with the belt and the whipping and the oh yeah naked bum of the b- spanking young children. Yeah, that was he got a little weird there. Got a little weird. Got a little there. 1970s. Got a little Roman Polanski. Oof, oof. Oh, well, let's just pause on this until and, and uh, Can we pivot on it. Nope. Uh, how do we taste what we taste? The surface of the tongue is not smooth. Covered with small projectiles called taste buds. We each possess approximately ten thousand of these taste buds. In old age, they deteriorate and decrease in number. Oh, great. Surprisingly, we can only respond to four basic tastes. They are sour, salt, bitter, and sweet. This was pre-umami. Well, pre the final story in this episode, too. Okay. Nice teaser. Uh-huh. Um, so we, we attribute um, most of the flavor in our food from olfactory smell, yep. not taste. Which is why when sick. you have a cold... Eating isn't all that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, and he gets really smart about when food is so available mm-hmm. and tasty. Trouble uh, ensues. Yeah, what does he say? The overweight individual is also bedeviled by a further complication. He's talking about displacement activities that you perform when you're anxious. Mm-hmm. Displacement feeding. Keep eating. In tense moments, we nibble small morsels of food or sip unneeded drinks. This may help relax the tension in us, but it also helps us put on weight, especially as the trivial nature of the displacement feeding action usually means that we select for the purpose something sweet. Oh, yeah. Here he gets all he, uh, vegan, uh, vegetarianism. <laughs> on the same page, man. Well, Simpatico, brah. He's not... Uh, my interpretation of this was that some people have eth- this is 70. What is this 73? Hmm? When was this written? Oh. 73? 67. Some people have these ethical issues around the slaughter of animals. I think they would say the a, murder of animals. And we're in a position where we don't aren't required to hunt Mm-mm. for nutrition. And yet, why do so few of us go vegetarian, despite all of the uh, positives? You like the taste of meat. You're a naked ape. You were born to hunt. Well, you, can't you were, shed you've that evolved time. to hunt. You were born to forage, and then you evolved to hunt. And now that you could go back to foraging, you just can't give it up. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe it's a weakness. Maybe we're finally evolving right here and now, 30, 40 years later. Well, you actually tested that theory. I think I've told you maybe six or 700 times that I've been eating vegan. Get invited over to dinner at the Breschmeyer house. What's on the menu? Chicken thighs. You have never told me that. Oh, on this fucking microphone I've told you that. You said your son wanted to like go vegan until the last weekend of the month. When we've talked about uh, my cholesterol battle, Yeah, I've told you. At least once or twice. So it was funny to go over there and there's chicken. Okay. So but here's my thing. Right, I'm, book club I'm a freegan. Oh boy. If someone's prepared chicken for me, I'm, I'm going to honor the animal sacrifice. And I'm going to trust that the Brushmeyers buy decent chicken. I know they do. Not. Um, yeah, of course. Did you get that at Walmart? <laughs> no. Is it Coleman from Costco? Is it that big old 
Ziploc. I, Jenny bought it. I don't know what it was. No, it, we, it was good chicken, and then we marinated it. Oh, it was it was good. I hadn't eaten meat in probably four four months, five months. Uh oh. Did you go back? I didn't want to set you. I no, I mean I've been eating fish, so I also feel like you know. That's... Look at you, no meat, no no dairy either. A little bit of dairy. I don't I don't like dairy all that much. I do like cheese sometimes. And this is all for the cholesterol again, huh? It's all just to feel morally superior to people mostly, but yeah, and then the cholesterol better. too. Fight off the aging. That's right. I'm gonna live forever, Mark. I hope you do. Well, nobody should do that. Actually, I don't. Please don't hope that I live forever. That sounds miserable. <laughs> but not if you got the fucking chronic, buddy. Did you hear about this? Middle-aged parents are now more likely to smoke weed than their teenage kids. It's no fucking surprise. <laughs> uh, Washington Post. Research released this week by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that only 7.4% of Americans aged 12 to 17 years old smoked marijuana regularly in 2014, a 10% decline since 2002. 7.4%. It's not a lot. No. Although, eh, so who the hell's going to. What, what, what teenage kids? I mean, I think they found 7.4% of kids who were willing to answer these questions, mm. honestly. I don't think a lot of 15 year old kids are going to be like, yeah, fucking smoke weed every day. I'll bet they would. Some online survey. They don't care. That's true. They're already doing Instagram stories. Yeah, they're doing bong loads on Instagram. They don't give a fuck. But 8% of 35 to 44-year-olds use marijuana regularly, surpassing use among teens for the first time since at least 2002. And it's not just middle-aged folks who are indulging more often. Since 2002, regular marijuana use among Americans aged 45 to 54 has jumped by nearly 50%. Mm -hmm. Among those ages 55 to 64, it's jumped by a whopping 455%. Yo. Might have been a small base. That's why I put this chart in here, newsletter subscribers. Oh, this is a gorgeous chart. Look at that. Percent. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Percent of each age group reporting use of marijuana in the past month. Highest would be 18 to 25-year-olds. Ooh, look at that. It's getting up to 20%. Ooh. Ooh. One in five. See, I think kids are probably just find marijuana boring. Probably. Some of the mystique of it is, is starting to fade away for them. I'll bet it is. And it's also happening at the same time that adults are starting to get wise to the fact that they don't need to take a bunch of fucking Oxycontin for their back pain. They can roll it up and fucking smoke it, homie. It says right here, research shows that Medicare prescriptions for a number of common drug types, painkillers chief among them, are falling in states that allow medical marijuana. Just such a smarter form of medicine anyway. Mm-hmm. I think I've said it before on this podcast. If there is some sort of God, how could you not believe that marijuana is like some sort of sacramental gift to us? You can make food out of it. You can create medicine out of it. And we're finding all sorts of new ways that it can be used medicinally that don't even involve, involve like getting any sort of high. You know, you got the CBDs helping with seizures, supposedly eating up cancer cells. I don't know. But you can also, you can make fuel. I believe that Henry Ford's first uh, hemp. engine ran on hemp oil. Yeah, you can make buildings out of hemp, can't you? Hempcrete, buddy. Hempcrete. Antimicrobial building materials. I mean, yeah. come on. Get fucking wise, y'all. Oh, hempcrete? Yeah, there's oh. a company called hempcrete. Nice. So anyway, I don't know. I think it's good. Yeah, it just occurred to me. It just seemed to me. It's, it's, it's interesting. What's bad about it is like kid, Headlines kids probably don't find weed that interesting anymore. So hope they, they're probably like, they'll smoke weed when they're 12 and when they're 13, they need ayahuasca. Ooh, Jesus. Or some fucking hard drugs, which is scary. And the world's only getting scarier. More pain and anguish to hide from. Could not, yeah, it might not bode well. Got to have that conversation early. Get the kids away from the hard drugs, Mark. Mm. Do your kids know about H? About China White? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, mine don't either. All right, so now... Chasing the dragon. We've got a musical interlude. Throwing the cat around. We should probably roll one up right now, Mark, because uh, this is some beautiful music coming our way from Alluvium. Hmm. I forget the... Oh, we've got like a real bona fide artist here. Mm-hmm. This guy, Alluvium. It's just one guy, kind of a solo artist, makes this beautiful ambient music. He's got a new album out. Crap, hold on. Uh, got the email open here. Alluvium, new album called False Readings On. 
renowned experimental composer. His name's not in here. It's weird. Great setup. Play the music. I'm just, I just wanted to say that I love that, like, I've heard some of this uh, composer's other music. There was actually a point in time where a, a friend of mine fell off a radio tower. This was a couple of years ago and died. It was fucking terrible. And it was like, made no sense. And it was very painful. It was right yeah, around, it was right around the bet. Oscars. It was weird. But I discovered what? a couple of Alluvium tracks right around tower? that time. And uh, I, they, they remind me of this kid and of all this mm. stuff that happened. And like, but the music was so perfectly suited to the, the feelings that I had inside me, Mark. Oh, feelings. Um, and this, this song is called Movie Night know, Revisited. There are no bad thoughts and there are no bad feelings. Only bad behaviors. Is that Wayne Dyer or something? I'm not telling you who it is. I'm going to let it sink in. Say it again. There are no bad thoughts. There are no bad feelings. Only bad behaviors. There are no bad thoughts, no bad feelings. Only bad behaviors? Mm-hmm. Dr. Wayne Dyer. Check him out.
Details with Defay. Hi, boys. Details here. Details with Defay. Um. I hope you edit some of this, Josh. Sorry for the spaces. First thing, Mark saying Mimi instead of meme was adorable. Real dad move. Um. Staying. Staying on. On Mark's ass. Uh, him reading about human sexuality was too much. I couldn't finish it. Maybe I just have a problem with Mark's voice? But that's not the case, because I like his, yeah, Kermit voice. Maybe I just am not okay with Mark expressing himself. That's probably it. But to spread the hate around, Josh, you said the word insidious. That's not a word. I think you meant insidious. To take that. Oh, about C. diff, the fecal transplants. I loved how you said that it's rather that we need a messy stew, not an isolated pill, because I feel like that's the basis for folk herbalism. They're saying that you can't take the constituents of an herb and boil it down to this one active ingredient. Like, you actually need the whole the whole plant and all it, how it works together with itself and all its magic. So I like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Mark, uh, this is kind of another dad thing. Throwing the cat around? I had never heard that phrase. Uh, Urban Dictionary told me it means, like, kind of slutting it it up. But that was just really funny. Um, beans! Bees? No, beans! They're the best, they're my favorite, and when they ended up being one of the nine keys to a long life, ugh, I felt so validated. And I just... I'm probably gonna go eat beans now for lunch. So yeah, beans rule. Beans rule, quinoa drools, because it is so overrated. It has, yeah, it has like the whole protein or whatever, but it doesn't have that much in it. Like, eat beans instead. That's all. Oh, okay. This might be the last. Fuck Walt Whitman and every lifestyle blogger that says your lifestyle, well, that says their lifestyle is best for everyone. Like, they're just making it up. Eating steak all the time and drinking water? Like, that's crazy. Uh, Granted, I've never really read Walt Whitman, so I'm not, like, a fan of his work. Like, I'm not not a fan of his work, but I haven't, I don't feel strongly towards his work. So it's easy for me to say that, but that was crazy. I think that's it. Bye, boys. So we ask and we receive. That was a long details with Defe. I ran out of background music. <laughs> I was about to say the music was <clears throat> yeah. swelling, but then it went away. And per her request, I actually did go in and make some edits. There were there oh, were there were a few gaps. Well, I like how you left a few in. Oh yeah, I'm a pro. I mean, come on, it takes a while to achieve this level of podcast acumen. That's true, it does. Uh, so thanks, details. I wish I'd kept notes. I, I, I feel like when Somebody, she, when she re- responds to something we've done, there's an immediate jerk. You know, I need to respond to what her response is. Well, I mean, when she, did I say Mimi? She made many insidious comments about uh, things that you've said and the tone of your voice. I mean, fine. You don't want to hear me read uh, the the naked ape bone down. I get it. I get it. But the Mimi, I never said, I've never said the word Mimi thinking it was meme. Have you, I? You have. Are you sure? I don't know that you meant it in earnest, but I know that you've said Mimi before. Well, the kids call their grandmother Mimi. No, nice try. Oh, all right. No, well, that it, was my response to that. Yeah. No, you're and an old man. Fuck Walt Whitman. I like that. A little aggressive. Oh, that part was great. Be- my, my favorite though. Beans rule, quinoa drools. That's going to be the uh, subhead of the show. I like it. Yeah, quinoa is kind of maybe one of those overrated things when when beans have been around forever. Beans. <laughs> I love how she just drops the word folk herbalism. She she just knows it. Well, she's a it's certified like this- witch or something. Sorry, Defe, you'll have to correct me on what you are. I know that you you completed a program. You invited me to your graduation, and I didn't go. Not for not wanting to go. I just had kids, and I did not want to bring them. They've I've brought them into that apothecary before. I forget which one. Moondance Botanicals. And I was on edge the whole time because they're just trying to grab shit. And so, oh, little jars of vials of expensive yeah. stuff. I don't. 
I mean, I, th- I mean, I think this podcast might really be for certified witches only. And skateboarders. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stand-up comics who are also fine artists. And food CEOs. Food CEOs. Oh, and those who are looking for a little bit of insight with their food news into the, ah, this isn't really the UX game anymore. Eventually. Food news eventually, but did you, did you hear the news? The Apple iPhone 7? I heard the news. Dropping like a. Well, I don't hear when it was dropping, but I know they crammed out the headphone jack. Well, it came out this week. So yeah, they. It's out? Is it giant? Well, it's not available, but they announced it this week. Yeah. When's it coming out? Soon. Oh boy! All right, but uh, yeah, they've got they've eliminated the headphone jack. Oh my God! The repercussions to the podcast market are profound. Well, I think we might be a little ahead of the curve in terms of using our phones to record podcasts, but we use the Rode iXY mic for field recordings. It plugs right into the lightning port, and you can plug a headphones into the headphone jack and have monitors of, on your recording, which is invaluable to pros. Not anymore. Well, you don't have to buy an iPhone seven. That's the other thing. Yeah. People aren't upgrading the way they used to with Apple products. Used to be as it came out, it was like you threw your old one in the trash right away and skipped on down to wait in line. You just got a new one and that's what, a 2C? 2C. This is an app. This is a 5SE. So it's the size of a 5, which I like, but it's got the thumbprint identification and a few of the other little bells and whistles. Got a big old hard drive. Big old hard drive. To store my Stiff robust uh, field recordings, bro. Nice, nice bro. hard noodle. What? What? Yep. But uh, oh, I bought some some equipment. Natch Natch Studio is traveling next week. We are going to upstate New York. <sighs> we are. We're not going to tell you why. Nope. Ah, eventually. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to record something pretty exciting. Could be good. But we needed some different equipments, so I went and got like some different stands. <laughs> that's, and that's a good way to put it. Some different equipments. We did. It's, like, w- it's like folk herbalism. We're tinkering in a big cauldron stew. What are we going to take? What are we going to use? That's right. And I needed like something that could hold the phone and the road as like a boomstick or as like a desktop mount. So I went to the Apple store to buy it, but they weren't open yet. This is just a regular day. The iPhone 7 is not for sale, but there's a freaking line of people waiting into the Apple store. And I don't, know if, I don't know if they do this at all Apple stores and if they do it every day. But when they were finally opening the doors, all the employees started like cheering, like clapping and going, woo, oh like it was some big God. fucking event. Was there a big event? We just missed it? No, there wasn't shit, man. Just some people want to come in and Ugh. look at iPhones, I guess. I don't like that. Yeah, it, was, it made me feel kind of dirty. It's like cult, cultish, but cultish we've, consumerism. We've talked <laughs> on this podcast, I've talked a lot about this, the eminent screenless... Woo! Oh my God, you just ruined my day. Ugh. What? With what? A bunch of people in Apple shirts inside the store going, woo! Yeah, it's very culty. Oh, all right. But uh, how many times have I brought up the screenless future? Uh, exemplified one time. very well in the movie Her, where he has some sort of inner ear device that he can hear and it can pick up the vibrations when he's talking. The screen, the phone type device is in his front pocket as the eyes for his OS, but he hardly ever uses it. Doesn't touch it. There's no real interface there. Apple's taken us there mm. because they released wireless earbuds. That's that's one of the big announcements. Yeah, with for the a, iPhone like 7. 150 bucks or something. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're called AirPods. They connect uh, like Bluetooth. They have a five-hour battery. Yeah. Uh, five-hour battery to listen. You also have to talk into them. It's like two hours. Well, this is going to be one of those things that's a pain in the ass until they get it right in the second or third or fourth iteration. You're right. going to be out with your goddamn thing in your ear, talking into it, thinking like, oh, this cordless is great. <laughs> Crap's out. I don't know. You'll charge it, I guess. I don't, I don't. Ugh. I hadn't heard about the two-hour battery life. Meh. But they also automatically turn off me, when you me. take them out of your ear. Me, me. You could probably just use one at a time if you really wanted to. Me, me. What are you talking about? Here's the problem, though. Have you been an old Luddite? Do you know anyone who fucking uses those headphones that come with your your iPhone? They suck. They, they fall suck. out of your fucking I, ear. Yeah, they're not good. I don't know why. So they it's fall so out hard. of your ear and they have cords. So they fall out of your ear and they, if, at least if they're on a cord, you don't lose them. You're going to lose these fucking things. And I asked the guy, one of the cheering Apple employees. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. As I, after I bought my thing, he said, Is there anything else I can help you with? I said, Yeah. Do you guys, have you seen? I'm looking at them. They're the you, same. Yeah. I said, Have you seen the earbud things at all? Like, have they, did they change the design? He's like, mm, they might be a little bigger. 
It's like, because those things fall out of my ears. He's like, yeah, mine too. Like, yeah. That, that's a huge fucking problem. Do they it's rubberize it? It's a huge it? problem. It's not hard to... I know. That's what I don't get. This is a company like renowned for its amazing right. design. You right. got Johnny Ive up there. Dude can't figure out to rubberize these fucking Ivy. headphones. Ivy. Ive. God. I don't... I've it's not thought- Ivy. You're wrong about that, actually. Oh, no, I don't think I am. I think you are. Uh, but listen to this. But as far as the headphone jack going away, it seems outrageous now. But do you Good remember back? Trump. Do you remember back in 2013 when they eliminated the the DVD CD drives on their computers? Yeah, no, and everyone I, I was get like, it. "What? No, I get it." Yeah, we, we, and then now no one gives a fuck. When they the last train time? it, they train us into the future. I get that. They do. But I but the but it, there's something fundamental that is weird. I've always thought it was willful that they made those earbuds the way they are. They came free with a phone, so you'd b- try to buy a better version. But it's not like they sell a better version. They don't. Yeah, so, so yeah that that's doesn't, true. That doesn't but work. It's, it's like so bizarre that they're they. They're the shittiest ears earbuds. Are not the same. Well, they're just the shittiest earbuds. Like I, I, I always just immediately would go buy like some Sony's that come with like different size little rubber yeah, tips. I got something like that. Those are the best. But um, each earbud, I'm reading from a quartz article here. Each earbud is a glossy monolith. Easy Icarus. And they'll be able to fully control Siri. Oh my God, it is her. Yeah, it is. A step up from the Apple Watch, whose original purpose was allow users to complete complete tasks without having to take out your phone. If you can just do it through your little earbuds, welcome to her. Whoa. That's basically it. We're on our way. Just like, who called it? Fucking knew this shit was happening. Everybody knows you're... That's what happens when you're balls deep in the UX game. Product management trendsetter. Uh, thought leader. Thought leader. Get it right. Okay. Kingmaker. So I don't begrudge them the advance of technology and force feeding it through culture. There's no more headphone jack. Get over it. I'm okay with that. Just design better headphones. But yeah, I got to be able to buy some that are going to work. If they don't yeah, stay in your ears, bucks is they too don't much. stay in your ears and they cost $150 and they're too falling much. out and people are losing them, that's going to blow up in their fucking faces. It could revolt. This could be it. Uprising. Because Apple's not the... People are going to be lining up outside that store for a whole different reason. Yeah. They're not the industry stalwart they once were. They're going to go, woo, and they're just going to get mowed down. They're just going to get pelted with those little <laughs> fucking earbuds. All right. AirPods. Okay, good. Glad, glad you got that. So her approaches. Her inches closer. Mm, how many inches? You're next. So more millennials here, right? Millennials are deluding themselves about eating less meat. This is the food news. By, yep. Oh, eventually. And this is another Quartz article by Chase Purdy. That's why I gave it to you. You love Quartz. Pretty. Well, no. It was in there before I put in this other Quartz article. I put it in there. Nice try. I put in the iPhone thing. I put in this one before you put in the iPhone one. And there were two in here, and this one was Quartz. So this, I is, said, this isn't food news, Mark. Slow down. <laughs> New research into meat consumption habits show the country's millennial generation is on track to eat just as much meat as the boomer generation, even as more environmental scientists decry meat production as a major contributor to greenhouse gas emissions and other environmental problems. This is the generation that has hassled food companies about antibiotic use in meat. They care enough about the livelihood of chickens to force the egg industry into cage-free operations, and they're committed enough to a greener world to dabble in vegan milks and laboratory-born foods. So what the fuck's going on, Mark? Oh my God, I didn't hear any of that. What are you looking at? <laughs> um, September you... Apple event, 2016. Maybe that was somehow related to why they're... What are you trying to do? Getting all rah-rah in the store. It's not Johnny Ivy either. Where did you find that? You haven't confirmed that. It's not Johnny Ivy. Son of a bitch. He's not a fucking leprechaun. Johnny Ivy! Bring in you the shamrock! Johnny Ivy. There he is. How do I find out how to pronounce it? Find him giving a keynote and someone will introduce him. Good idea. Good idea. I guess I'll just do this story myself. Dumb dick. Oh, this is good. Did you call me a dumb dick? Go, Saudi. It's my birthday. Oh, that's an ad. (laughs) That's him. That's Johnny Ive. (laughs) Jesus. Sorry, everyone. Playing web clips on a podcast is entertaining, I know, but... Aluminium is naturally strong and lightweight. Oh. oh, this is dumb. I'm just trying to find his uh. name. Here, this will be it. Vanity Fair. 
Jonathan Ivey. Ive. Can you name sort of three sort of life lessons you took Damn away it. from working with him? He didn't intro him. This sounds really simplistic, but it still shocks me how few All right. All so, I do is read Josh Tyson. Um, and it's a struggle to put Is that what he said? Yeah. He's, he loved my Chandler article. Chandler. Oh, I got it. This will definitely do it. This baby belly always Super fucking compelling, isn't it? <laughs> Once again, though, you're the one dragging us away from the food news. Charlie Rose. Last week we met the CEO, Tim Cook. This week we talked to the chief of design, Johnny Ive. Oh! Oh, man. I thought I was going to be vindicated. Johnny Ivy. Who, which one of us? Which one of us is in the fucking UX game, Mark? You know how Neither much one of us. every UXer worth his salt wets his seat anytime you even say the word Johnny Ive. They don't even care that he's besties with Bono. My mistake. So why are I these Johnny Ive sycophants eating more meat? Yes. Well, the uptick is partly due to U.S. consumers eating more meat since the recession as meat prices have dropped. That's okay. one thing. It's cheap. And uh, Rabobank expects meat prices to drop by about 14% over the next three years. We talked about that last week. Thanks we for just the tip. Yeah. So thanks to more chicken production, blah, 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 and end to persistent droughts. Yeah, right. But here's, the, here's, the, here's what it is. You want to know what it is? I do. You want to know where it's real happening? What, what the, 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 the Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> Millennials eat out more than their parents' generation are willing uh, to pay more for nasty. convenience. Oh. Convenience. So when you eat out, you eat more meat. Yep. You do. These are like fucking brunchers, man. They're eating a bunch of bacon. They can't help themselves. I think there's a disconnect when you go out to eat it. You know, it's, it's that, uh, it's like part of what old Desi's talking about too. We're so far removed mm. from the capture mm. and killing of our food. Sure. Of course. So it doesn't even feel like you're eating meat probably when you're at, you know, you're at a Bloody Mary brunch. You're drunk from staying up all night watching Johnny Ive TED Talks the night before. And you're just like, yeah, I want some bacon. It's not bacon. It's bacon. You know, I'm ready for some bacon. I don't know what you're. I don't know. I'm just it's this whole convenience problem. Yeah, You're getting into a whole entitled like they. No, but it's just the convenience, the the slavish uh, dedication to and requirement for convenience that takes us further and away from reality. The Slavic convenience. Yeah, well, shit. So what are we supposed to do about it? Probably not much we can do. Charge more. Meat tax. A meat tax, kind of like the soda tax. It's meat tax. Oh, we should, yeah, we can have some. Yeah, that'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. Okay, dead. Yeah, that's right. Like a Led Zeppelin. 69 or 420, kid. Which one would you vote for? How many burritos if you had to pick? I'd pick 420, and I'd feed 420 of my stone friends. Uh, well, you're in the majority. 63%, just like you. Well, no one wants a fucking burrito in the bedroom. <laughs> God. <clears throat> Final story of the home. episode. Final story of episode 30. Thanks for listening. Episode Natch. 30? I meant 80. God. That's sorghum, dude. It's just eating your brain. Your brain is decimated or desiccated. Yeah, what desiccated. if it is? All right. I guess we'll find out. By episode 100, you're just going to be <laughs> drooling like quinoa. <sighs> Details. There is now a sixth taste. God, I almost got that wrong. Okay, hold on. Hold on. You sound like Helsinki Paul. Oh. A sixth taste. I'm going to crush this reading, okay? I can't wait. Nary an error. <sighs> God, let me do my stretches. Did you get the stretches from our newsletter? Oh, yeah. We, we, it's on Twitter, too, at Real Natch. Special newsletter blast. Yep. We pulled some imagery from the seminal 1980 book, Stretching, written by Bob Anderson, illustrated by Gene Anderson. Maybe they're brother and sister. Maybe they're married. I'm not sure. But what I do know is that that book changed my fucking life, Mark. We've talked about it. I talked about it last week. I haven't listened You were yet. here. I haven't listened yet. There is now a sixth taste. A sixth? Sixth a taste. Si a Sith Lord? There is now a sixth taste. And it explains it water? why we love carbs. 
There is now a same thing. There is now a it's sort of right, just we love carbs. Shorgan Sorgans S J. There is now a sixth taste, and it explains why we love carbs. Jessica Hamzalu, new scientist. It has long been thought that our tongues register a small number of primary tastes. Remember Desi. Salty, sweet, sour, and bitter. Umami, the savory taste often associated with monosodium glutamate. Ah, too much saliva. Was added to this list seven years ago, but there's been no change since then. However, this list misses a major component of our diets, says Juyun Lim at Oregon State University in Corvallis. Every culture has a major source of complex carbohydrate. The idea that we can't taste what we're eating doesn't make sense, she says. Then she did a study. Are we going to get to this taste or what? The fi- that, that is the taste, some sort of carbohydrate taste. But here That's you go. It? The sixth oh, taste is boy. some sort of carbohydrate taste. They haven't even nailed it down. They haven't given it a name. Uh, no, they haven't given it a name because ha- there's like these regulatory, there's five steps you have to go through to actually become an official taste. With who? Who's in charge of the fucking... Somebody. <laughs> I mean, check the article. You want me to... Who's the taste gatekeeper? Well, well, you think you can just make tastes up willy-nilly? Sure. And say that they're part of the human tongue? You got to prove that, all right? Here. No, you... Sounds like they're well on their way. Well, it's some sort of carbohydrate taste, somewhere between potato chip Her team tested this by giving a range of different carbohydrate solutions to volunteers who turned... Who who it turned out were able to detect a starch-like taste in solutions that contained longer, shorter carbohydrate chains. They called the taste starchy, says Lim. That's a real selling point. Asians would say it was rice-like, while Caucasians described it as bread-like or pasta-like. It's like eating flour. Some important work being done. I'm looking... What is that, Oregon University? Well, now you made me... I think my fucking parents went there. Really? Is that the ducks? Go ducks? Before any new flavors can be enshrined as primary tastes, they must meet a strict list of criteria. Oh, here we go. Tastes need to be recognizable, have their own set of tongue receptors, and trigger some kind of useful physiological response. Right, so there's no taste board. These are just general scientific requirements. I I think that might be fair, yeah. Okay. That's good. I can go on. I suppose. Is there more to this article? Yeah, well. Kind of a snoozer. There's a, si- there's a sixth taste coming, and you're snoozing on it? It's a boring taste. The taste of flour? Ooh. Starchy taste. The finding adds to growing evidence, well, this will get you, that human taste is more complex than thought. No Desi. There. This is for Desi. Many people think there are only five tastes, but a bunch of us think there might be others. It says Tordoff. Hey, Tordoff. <laughs> Tordoff, what a great name. Yeah. Who is investigating whether we might be able to specifically taste calcium. Oh, man, I crushed that. Do you know how fast I read that? You said calcium very well. Other potential tastes being investigated are the flavor of carbonated drinks, the metallic taste you get from blood, and amino acids, the building blocks of proteins. Receptors have been found for kokumi, a full-bodied flavor that has been described as hearty and is thought to make foods feel richer and more satisfying. And there is some evidence that we can taste the fatty acids that make up fats. We are moving away from the idea of five primary tastes, says Lim. Great news. There could be... There could be Eight, nine, ten, a thousand. Umami was a big deal because it tastes, umami is like great tasting. Most of the other tastes are are very distinct. This just seems kind of half assed. All right. But some some of us just can't get enough of it. Like, I need that starchy flavor. I think it would explain some of, yeah. Because I don't, last time I checked, I don't think I binge eat potato chips because of the starchy flavor. I think it's the salty greasiness, the fatty, salty. You don't binge eat rice either, do you? I mean, not unless it's drenched in salt, like soy sauce or my cocoa aminos. Umami. Yeah. So I don't know. Seems like some wasted grant money to me, but. Me. I guess that's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, as we know, seeds matter, right? Is it seed matters? What? Where am I going with this? I'll tell you. We we played uh, Pale Blue Dot for you. The header of the show at the opening, and now we've got uh, the acoustic version, the nugget, the seed, if you will, the germ of that song recorded in my... We recorded this in my kitchen. Do you remember that? 
Probably not, because your brain is rotting away because of the uh, Aaron Sorkin's disease. I don't like the sorghums. But uh, here, get a load of this, guys, and see you next week. I remember it in the kitchen. Why, why don't you come over here? Come show me what you got. I'm in the shower with my pop.